Amen. That was wonderful. Thankful for the good song this morning. Appreciate the good piano playing. I'm thankful for old hymns. I'm thankful for knowing that Canaan land is just inside. And that's where I'm going to. Appreciate the good songs this morning. Might ask you this morning if there's anything else on your heart. Maybe before we change the order of the service. I want to say, we, if you consider yourself a visitor this morning, we're thankful that you're here and you're with us in this service, and we want you to be made feel uh, to be uh, welcome, and, and we're glad that you're here today. We want to encourage you to follow the Spirit of the Lord, and uh, I want to say also that we have a visiting preacher tonight, Brother uh, Chris Klein will be our visiting preacher tonight at 6 o'clock, so I want to encourage you to come out and hear Brother Chris. And uh, so do do keep that in mind as well. Once again, we want to say that we do appreciate our veterans. And uh, we're thankful that we uh, live in this nation, in this country. Uh, I certainly am. I, I know uh, there's uh, a lot of folks that get disheartened by the things that they see that goes on in this nation, in this country. And uh, there's a lot that hurts my heart. Uh, but I'll say this, I'm thankful to have been born and raised uh, that there's been men and women that have uh, served, that they might protect us and keep us safe and out of harm's way, that was willing to lay down their life. There's been a great amount of blood that has been shed so that we may have this very opportunity today. And I'm thankful to be uh, raised and, and uh, born in this country. And today, I guess that's a little bit of kind of what's on our thoughts what's on our mind, our thought this morning, and, and I'm going to have to slow down, or maybe uh, my voice might give out on me, pray for me this morning, I need the Lord's help, we appreciate the prayers that you've prayed for us this week during revival, and um, I really want to talk about the Lord's church today, uh, it's been on my heart for some time, and it stays on our heart, but I want to talk about the greatest institution, and today it's the Lord's church. And I believe that in my heart, and, and uh, we're thankful for the Lord's church. We're thankful that His Word says that He loved His church, His bride, so much that He gave His own life's blood for it. And uh, so this morning, I believe we have, need to have a great honor and a great respect for the Lord's church and what it means to us. And um, I was thinking about some of these things, and... and uh, well, I, I won't tarry too long, but I want to say this. The Scripture teaches us to train up a child in the way that he should go, and when he is old, he'll not depart from it. And I know today there's a whole lot of things out there in the world that seems very appealing to the eye. There's a whole lot of uh, uh, denominations. I don't believe that's the way that the Lord intended it to be when He set His church up. I don't believe He intended it for there to be all kinds of different denominations in the world. And, and there's a lot of people that have the mentality that there's a lot of different ways to get to heaven. I don't believe that. I don't believe that's the way the Lord taught it. I believe that uh, the Scripture says that He is the way, the truth, and the life. And uh, if you're going to go to heaven, you've got to go through and by the Lord Jesus. And there's a whole lot of uh, different uh different ideals out there in the world today that seems very appealing to young people. 
Uh, there's uh, different uh, uh, men that proclaim to be preachers that don't understand anything about a calling of God. There's a whole lot of churches out there that have never been properly set up. They weren't properly organized. Uh, they certainly do not preach the truth of God's Word. Uh, they have their own mentalities and all of these different things. But I want you to know today that I'm thankful that I believe in all of my heart uh, that we hold the truth, uh, that we stand and try every Sunday uh, to stand and preach the truth of God's Word. And that's important. That's the only thing that we've got to stand on is the truth of God's Word this morning and what He's done for us in our hearts. I want to take some text this morning from the 13th chapter of the book of Ezekiel. The 13th chapter of the book of Ezekiel this morning. And I was thinking about uh, over in Peter, and you don't have to turn over there if you, if you feel the need to, that's fine. But the second chapter of 1 Peter says this, keep your place there in Ezekiel. He says, but uh, to whom coming as unto a lively stone, disallowed indeed of men, but chosen of God and precious. Ye also, as lively stones, are built up a spiritual house, a holy priesthood, to the offering up of spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God by Jesus Christ. Wherefore also it is contained in the Scriptures, Behold, I lay in Zion a chief cornerstone, elect, precious, he that believeth on him shall not be confounded. And I want to, uh, just for a thought this morning, but I want to read our text over here in Ezekiel. Uh, here in the first verse, it says, And the word of the Lord came unto me, saying, Son of man, prophesy against the prophets of Israel that prophesy. And say thou unto them that this prophecy out of their own hearts, hear ye the word of the Lord. Thus saith the Lord God, Woe unto the foolish prophets that follow their own spirit and have seen nothing. O Israel, thy prophets are like the foxes in the deserts. Ye have not gone into the gaps, neither made up the hedge for the house of Israel to stand in the battle in the day of the Lord. They have seen vanity lying in deviation, saying, The Lord saith, and the Lord hath not sent them, and they have made others to hope that they would confirm the word. Have ye not seen the vain visions? Have, have you not spoken a line deviation? Whereas you say, the Lord saith it, albeit I have not spoken. Therefore, thus saith the Lord God, because you have spoken vanity and seen lies, wherefore, behold, I am against you, saith the Lord God. And my hand shall be upon the prophets that see vanity and thy divine lies. They shall not be in the assembly of my people, Neither shall they be written in the writings of the house of Israel, neither shall they enter into the land of Israel, and they shall know that I am the Lord God. Because, even because, they have seduced my people, saying, Peace, and there was no peace. And one built up a wall, and lo, others dabbed it with untempered mortar, saying unto them which dab it with untempered mortar, that it shall fall. There shall be an overflowing shire, and ye, O great hailstone, shall fall, and a stormy wind shall rend it. Lo, when the wall is fallen, it shall not be set, it shall not be said unto you, Where is the dabbing wherewith ye have dabbed it? Therefore, thus saith the Lord God, 
I will even rend it with a stormy wind in my fury, and there shall be an overflowing shower in mine anger, and great hailstorms in my fury to consume it. So will I break down, uh, break down the wall that ye have dabbed with untempered mortar, and bring it down to the ground, so that the foundation thereof shall be discovered, and it shall be fa- and it shall fall, and ye shall be consumed in the midst thereof, and ye shall know that I am the Lord. With the mistakes that we've made reading, our thought coming there from uh, that 11th and 12th verse, Say ye unto them which dabbed it with untempered mortar, that it shall fall, and there it shall be an overflowing shire, and ye, O great hailstorms, shall fall, and a stormy wind shall render it. And the latter part of that 12th verse says, Where is the dabbing wherewith you have dabbed it? And I want to stop there with the mistakes that we've made reading. Here is Ezekiel as he's uh, calling out here uh, to these there that it was in Jerusalem and Israel, and he's calling out to them uh, that they might be able to examine uh, these false prophets. Now these prophets were calling out, as the Bible says, peace when there was no peace. And my friend, today it seems like maybe uh, that's the mentality of a lot of people Uh, As we were trying to tell you earlier, it's our responsibility as God's people to train up a child in the way that he should go, that when he is old, he'll not depart from it. Uh, That's my responsibility as the under-shepherd of this church, and it's the responsibility as God's people to train up a child in the way that he should go. It's our responsibility to teach them the doctrine that whenever they grow old and Uh, older and down the road and they begin to see something that maybe is uh, flashy or uh, maybe has a lot of things that's going on inside. You know, there's a whole lot of things in today's time that are drawing young people. And this has been on my heart for some time, but it's drawing young people to a sense. They say, well, this church has this and this church has that. And uh, if we go down here, we're able to do this and do that. They've got the greatest vacation Bible school, or uh, they uh, uh, do, uh, I don't even know where to start, but there's, it doesn't take you very long to look, and, and you can find what these churches are trying to do, and really, it's a concept to bring in numbers. It's really what it boils down to. And then when they get them in then, they want to lead them down the wrong road. They want to tell them an easy, uh, simple way that they might just simply repeat this prayer, or Uh, If you'll just come in and and you'll just get baptized, you're going to be all right. They're proclaiming peace when there is no peace. The only peace this morning that comes is when it comes by the Lord. When the Lord gives the peace, my friend, then you'll have peace. I'm not trying to stand before you today and proclaim something that isn't true. I believe in all of my heart today that Uh, uh, Listen, if you're here and lost and separated from God, unless you have built upon the foundation of Jesus Christ, He is the chief cornerstone. My friend, He is that precious stone. That's the reason why Peter said we are the lively stones. We're built upon that. The apostles uh, was built upon that cornerstone. Uh, They're the foundation. And the church, the church of the living God, is built upon those foundations. And my friend, we are lively stones. We are to be alive. Uh, Listen, when the Lord has made you free, He's made you free indeed. So we're built upon this precious foundation this morning. 
We think about our veterans, and, and I'm so thankful this morning for them being willing to serve. And I have never served in the military. I'm thankful for those that have. I'm thankful this morning for those that have laid down their life. But yet, God has called each and every one of us to be a soldier for the cross. He's called us all this morning, those that know Him, those that's been born again, He's called us all to be a soldier for the cross. To stand this morning upon the truths of His Word and to proclaim to a lost and dying world that Jesus Christ is able to save. And my friend, if you've never been saved this morning, uh, my friend, that hell is going to be where you'll spend an eternity. Listen, that is the church's responsibility. It's not just the preacher's. It's not just the pastors, but He has commissioned His church. He has commissioned His bride to tell the world, to spread the gospel, the good news. That's our job this morning. There's a whole lot of uh, folks out there in the world, there's a whole lot of men that call themselves preachers that doesn't have a calling from God. There's a whole lot of them that have a real big high education that have spent many years in schooling and know a lot about the Bible, but they don't know anything about Jesus. They've never experienced Him. They don't have a time and a place where the Lord has spoke peace to their soul. They can't preach to you Jesus because they don't know Him. My friend, how can you preach something you've never experienced? I may not know a whole lot this morning, but I can tell you about the love of God. I can tell you about His goodness. I can tell you about His mercy. I can tell you this morning about His grace because He saved me and He gave me a home in heaven and though I don't deserve it, yet He still loves me this morning. I don't feel worthy to stand behind a book board and proclaim His Word, but yet He's called me into this work. That's the job that He's given me to do. And I want to try our very best to do it. But we're living in a day and time, and folks, I'll just be honest with you this morning, uh, I'm concerned about some of our churches, and I'm concerned about uh, uh, maybe, uh, uh, you know, there's a lot of them that are small in number, and, and I began to think about that, and, and boy, it just it began to hurt my heart this week. And, and my friend, God has called us all, if you read in the book of Nehemiah, He's called us all to work on the wall. It says that they had a mind to work. He's called us all to work and build on this wall. But what foundation are we building on? My friend, if the, if the stone, if that precious stone, Jesus, if He's not the foundation that you have built upon, my friend, then that wall one day will crumble. It will crumble. My friend, unless you've built upon the foundation of Jesus, that wall will crumble. And that's what the, uh, the prophet here and the Lord was speaking unto these false prophets. Uh, it said there that, uh, he said, Have you not gone into the gaps, and neither up to the hedge of the house of Israel? Now over here, I believe it's in the 20th chapter of Ezekiel. Uh, he says it this way. Uh, lost my place. 
excuse me, 20, uh, 22nd chapter, 30th verse. He says, And I sought for a man among them that should make up a hedge and stand in the gap before me for the land, that I should not destroy it, but I found none. He says here as he's speaking to these prophets, he said, you're not willing to stand in the gap. Neither are you willing to make up the hedge. And my friend, this morning, as God's people, you say, well, I've never been called to be a preacher. Listen, that doesn't change our responsibility one bit this morning. Uh, As God's people this morning, to stand in the gap and to build a hedge around these that are lost and separated from God. My friend, this, what we've got this morning, is worth protecting It's worth standing on. There's been people uh, down through the ages. You ask me how we've got here. How did we get to this place? There has been men and women who have laid down their life, that have given everything, that willing, uh, they wasn't willing to recant on nothing, but they was willing to stand upon the truth and willing to give their life for it. How is it did we get to this place today? I believe it's solely because the Lord Jesus wanted to plant this church here. You realize that as of November the 2nd, this church has been established and organized 99 years. Next year, November the 2nd, will be 100 years. 99 years the gospel has went out from this church. 99 years men have stood behind a sacred book board and proclaimed the truth of God's word. Ninety-nine years, we've stood upon the doctrines, the Baptist doctrines. The doctrines that have came down through the years about the Lord establishing His church. There's a, there's a whole generation of people today that believe in this universal church theory, if you will. That every church is just the same and there's all kinds of different ways to get there. Listen, you cannot take the truth of God's Word and stand upon that. It won't work. My friend, Jesus Christ set His church up before He ever left. He done it. He done the work. He set her up. And then I believe that He called out whom He would and out of those He chose twelve. He set His church up. I believe He puts it this way. In Isaiah, I was thinking about these scriptures this week and in the fortieth chapter he said, Comfort ye, comfort ye my people, saith your God, speak ye comfortably to Jerusalem and cry unto her that her warfare is accomplished and her iniquity is pardoned, for she hath received of her the Lord's hand double for all her sins. And the voice of him that crieth in the wilderness, prepare ye the way of the Lord, and make straight in, in the desert a highway for our God. Every valley shall be exalted, and every mountain and hill shall be made low, and the crooked shall be made straight, and the rough places plain. And the glory of the Lord shall be revealed, and all flesh shall see it together, for the mouth of the Lord has spoken it. And the voice, the voice said, Cry. And he said, What shall I cry? All flesh is grass, and all the goodliness thereof is as the flower of the field. The grass withereth, and the flower fadeth, because the Spirit of the Lord bloweth upon it. Surely the people is grass. And I want to stop there for a moment, but he's talking about here the forerunner 
of the Lord Jesus. He's talking about John the Baptist. And we can look there in the Scripture and find how John the Baptist came out of the wilderness and he came preaching, uh, preaching, repent ye, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And as he was preaching, he was telling them to repent. To look to the Lord. If you'll remember uh, those Pharisees come unto him. And he called them a generation of vipers. He said bring forth fruit. Meet for repentance. He said before I baptize you. Give me evidence of something that's happened to you. Uh, listen there's a whole lot of doctrines in the world today. That believe that you can merely take somebody. And baptize them and wash away sin. Listen that's not what he preached. He said, first, repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Look unto the Lord, allow Him to save your soul, and then be baptized. He didn't take them and say, well, just come on down here and I'll wash away your sin. I'm not trying to knock on a bunch of different denominations today. That's not what I'm about. But folks, I want you to know how serious this old time way is. It's worth hanging on to. It's precious to me. The Lord's church, there's aspects of it that has changed down through the years, but one thing still stays the same. First, you seek God, and you seek Him with your whole heart. You realize that you're condemned. You realize that you're guilty in the presence of an almighty God. Listen, this morning I've heard young people, they've told me, they'll say, well, Brother Casey, I'm just confused. I'm confused. Listen, the Scripture says that God is not the author of confusion. He's not the author of it. If you're confused, it's because Satan, he's working on you. He's in your mind. He's doing all things to try to manipulate you. But listen, Jesus Christ is not the author of confusion. If something's wrong in here, seek the Lord and allow Him to work it out. I'm thankful this morning that I've, listen, I've been in a lot of places in my life, but I have always stood upon what God done for me as a nine-year-old little boy. That's, that's all I've got. That's the only thing. There's, I told you last Sunday, there's stakes that God has driven in my life that He can only run me back so far. But that what happened to me as a little boy, He can't take me back no further than that. That is real to me. It wasn't because some preacher took me down to the water and washed my sins away. It was because of what happened to me on that altar became real to me. It was an experience. I had trouble. I had conviction. And then the Spirit of God rolled it all away. And then once I was a child of God, what happened? As I was sitting there, the Lord began to knock on my heart and He moved me to unite with His church. Then to be baptized. It's not about making you feel better this morning. It's about realizing that you're condemned and you stand guilty before an almighty God and there's only one way this morning for that to be removed. And that's to go to the Lord Jesus. There's no amount of water in this world today that will wash away that sin. 
The only thing that will wash it away is the blood, the precious blood of Jesus Christ. That baptism is symbolic. It's symbolic. To me, I've always put it this way. It's an outward showing of an inward grace. It's showing the world that I'm a new creature. I'm dead unto the old man and I'm alive unto the new man. There's a whole lot of things today that's grabbing our young people's attention. Young people say, well, I'm bored or this or that. Listen, we don't need anything new and flashy this morning. We don't need uh, big lights to shine and uh, big strobes and fog machines and all this. And you say, well, that's just the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard. Listen to me this morning. There's people out there that do that stuff. We don't need any of that. Do you know what will get them here? Do you know what will get them into the house of God? It's when God's people get a burden for the lost and they're praying and they're burdened down. And then God's Spirit begins to move in such a way that it just explodes. And things begin to happen. And people begin to hear. And they're saying, boy, have you heard about what's going on at Fairview Memorial? God's moving. God's saving souls. Boy, it's moving in a big way. You know what will draw them in? The truth. The truth. The truth will draw me. That's what I believe. Brother Steve this morning was talking about a man by the name of Zacchaeus. The Lord said this in that scripture over there. He said, I was sent. A lot of people, you think about the miracles that he done, but he was sent to seek and save that which was lost. You know what I believe drawed Zacchaeus? Yes, he was curious, but I believe what drawed his attention was the truth of what he had heard. He had heard a lot of truth, and it drew him to a place to where he wanted to hear about this Jesus. He wanted to see him. So what is it this morning that will draw them here? It's the truth. It's standing upon the foundation, the very foundation of the Lord Jesus. Ezekiel said, I stood. He said, I looked for a man to stand in the gap. How many of us this morning are willing to stand in the gap? I thank God this morning for those uh, ones. Listen, this church has been here almost a hundred years. And there's been men, there's been deacons, there's been pastors, there's been lay members that's been willing to stand in the gap. They've been willing to build a hedge. They've been willing to stand in the gap that the truth might go out and that lost people might be saved. How many of us today are willing to continue to stand in the gap? I was telling, me and Brother Moran was talking earlier and he said, you know, uh, some of our older ones are dying out and there's no more younger ones coming up. It just seems slow and it is slow. But my friend, I thought about that. and What happens when all the older ones are gone? Who's going to stand in the gap? Who's going to build the hedge? Who's going to get in there and get busy and get to working for the cause of Christ? That old saying goes, who's going to fill their shoes? I 
I believe in all of my heart. He said it this way in Isaiah 62. I know there's a whole lot of, and I can say it, I don't want to get wrapped up in the denominations this morning, but I, I'll just tell you how I feel and how I believe. And I see it this way. Isaiah 62 says this, For Zion's sake will I not hold my peace. And for Jerusalem's sake will I not rest until the righteousness thereof goeth forth as brightness and the salvation therefore as a lamp that burneth. And the Gentiles shall see thy righteousness and all the kings thy glory and thou shalt be called by a new name which the mouth of the Lord shall name. And thou shalt also be a crown of glory in thine hand of the Lord, a royal diadem in the hand of thy God. And thou shalt not be... Thou shalt no more be turned forsaken, neither shall thy land be any more turned, turned desolate. And he goes on to say that thy land, he said, Thy land, Beulah, for the Lord delighteth in thee, and thy Lord shall be married. And I want to stop there for a moment. I didn't intend necessarily read all that. But he says here that if the Gentiles shall see thy righteousness, and all the kings thy glory, thou shalt be called by a new name, which the mouth of the Lord shall name. When John was to be named, John was to be named, it said that his name was John. But the Bible declares him as John the Baptist. And I believe the Lord named him. I believe he was a Baptist, the Baptist. He was the only one from God that had the authority to baptize at that time. He was sent by God. He come out of the wilderness proclaiming, Repent ye for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And I believe in my heart this morning, and I don't mean for nobody to fall out with me this morning, but I believe the Lord has named her, and I believe His church is called Baptist. So you ask me this morning the truth that we stand upon. Every foundation that doesn't stand upon the Lord Jesus Christ will be desolate. God said that they'd be blown over with a mighty hailstorm. The storms of life that come your way, if you're not founded upon Jesus Christ, that chief cornerstone, my friend, you don't stand a chance at all. Not only do you not stand a chance in this life, but my friend, I want you to understand that when eternity comes, when death comes, you don't stand a chance either. You'll stand before Him. You'll have to answer before God. There's coming a judgment one day after a while. You know what the Lord said? He said, he was talking to his disciples, but he said, fear not the one that's able to destroy the body. He said, but fear the one that's able to destroy both body and soul. He said, fear him. Don't, don't fear me, but fear the Lord this morning. I know I've been all over the place today, but I'm telling you, this old time way is precious This Baptist way. We used to call it when I was raised up the old knee-routed, heartfelt salvation kind of way. Knee-routed. I don't necessarily believe that you've got to be on your knees praying, but you've got to make an altar in your heart somewhere. You've got to go down and call upon the Lord. You've got to get low and as low as you've ever been. And I believe in all of my heart, all of these false preachers and ones that call them prophets. And listen, 
there's, there's some of our people that probably put a whole lot of confidence in some of these uh, uh, some of these TV evangelists and all that. You know what you know what they're all about. They're called prosperity preachers. They'll tell you if you if you do this and give your money, then God's going to make your life just great. You know what my Bible teaches me? To be a child of God is not easy. But He promised me that He go throughout the end of the world with us. He said, "I'll be there." There's all kinds of things being taught today. And I'm not saying that you can't be uh, raised up in a different way. And I certainly believe that there's people that's been saved in uh, maybe every denomination. I don't know. That's not for me to answer. But I'll say this today. When it comes to the Lord's church, I believe the church that the Lord set up I don't there's a, there's a man that started the movement back in the 1800s. And he said it this way. He said, I'm confident that the Baptist can go all the way back to the Lord Jesus. And he's of a complete different denomination. He was baptized. When you think of what it is that we are here doing, Ephesians in the fourth chapter, I want to say this and I'm going to be done. He says, Therefore, the prisoner of the Lord beseech you that you walk worthy of vocation wherein you are called, with all loneliness and meekness, with long suffering, forbearing one another in love, enduring to keep the unity of the Spirit in bond of peace. There is one body, one Spirit, even as you are called in the hope of your calling. One Lord, one faith, one baptism. Our God and our Father of all, who is above all, through all, and in you all, but unto every one of us is given grace according to the measure of the gift of Christ. I won't stop there for a minute. He declares one Lord, one faith, and one baptism. There's not a whole lot of different he didn't say that there was different ways to get there. He said there's one Lord, one faith, and one baptism. This morning, if you're here and lost, and you've built upon another foundation, maybe you've not built upon any foundation. I want you to know and understand the sure foundation of Jesus Christ will never fall. It'll never crumble. It'll stand forever. His church, I believe, will stand forever. It'll shine out in this world. You ask me what this church is, I like to think of it like a lighthouse. It shines out in this community. It's like a beacon. It shines out. We are a light, a city that's set on a hill that cannot be hidden. Do a man hide his light under a bushel? Are you willing to stand in the gap to make the hedge of it? I hope that we are. There's ones around us that's falling away and we need ones that's willing to stand in the gap. Those that have dabbed their wall with untempered mortar. 
It'll crumble. They try to hide it to fill in the cracks. Lord Jesus knows our hearts today. If you've never been saved, the Lord wants to save you. And He wants to save you today. I don't believe that this old time way was intended to be uh, complicated. I believe the Lord intended it to be as simple as anybody could understand. But you have to be willing to go to Him with a broken heart. Realizing without the Lord Jesus there is no hope for you. And you go to Him with your whole heart and you surrender before Him. And I believe in all of my heart, when you meet his conditions, he'll save your soul. That'd be our message today, Brother Jackson. If you'd get us a song, Brother, I know I've made a mess. But I pray that you seek God today. I pray that we continue to soldier on for the cause of Christ. For this old time way. And what it means to us. If, you're, if the Lord's dealing with you, won't you come seek God?